Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. Hey, Caleb. How Hi, you doing? Hi. You know, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good. I, I've been doing a, doing a lot of reading lately, and it's, it, feels, it feels good. Um, I'm having, uh, I, think I, I think I talk about this a little bit on the upcoming episode, although uh, as we... Uh, as we know, uh, things are a little bit jumpy, uh, jumbled this month. Uh, but I've been, I've been trying to find something to, to scare me without luck. Um, but I'm also just, I'm, I'm having fun just, just doing a lot of reading. It feels good. It feels good. That, that is good. So, uh, conversely, uh, I have not done a lot of reading, uh, Uh well, scripts. I've been reading a few scripts, uh, but uh, I just recently watched. Uh, well, so here's the thing. So we were just talking, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, about uh, a couple of things, and I want to bring both of them up. So okay. uh, one of them, uh, we talk about uh, jump scares. Mm-hmm. We were talking about jump scares oh, just yeah. before we hit record, and we were like, "Hey, we should probably hit record." <laughs> uh, so the Midnight Club, which is Mike Flanagan's brand new series yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, no yeah. spoilers uh, if you haven't watched it yet. Um, currently holds the record for the most amount of jump sca- uh, jump scares that's 21 jump scares in the first episode alone oh uh so this is this is a crazy uh a thing about about uh the midnight club now the midnight club no michael it's 21 jump street oh 20 i sorry sorry uh, johnny depp yeah uh, yeah, so 21 jump scares in the episode. Now, we had talked about what's called uh, unearned jump scares, right? Yeah. You know, we you brought up the example of, of you know, of haunting a hill house. Oh, my God. You know, where uh, there was a very tense scene where the sisters are fighting. They're in the car, and they're like, rah, 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 rah. And then out of the darkness in the middle of the car, you know, we see a ghost kind of come up and rah, and it scares the shit out of you because you're already in a very tense scene. And it's... Probably the best jump scare I've ever I've ever seen, and the one that's it's great. Like, you know, I I am on record, and you and I were just talking about this. I think most of the time, jump scares are lazy. They just sure. like they just take advantage of like you know, it's a quiet moment. They use loud noises and quick camera cuts to try to get a cheap scare. I don't think that like it, it doesn't really work on me anymore. It, like it's a startle, but it's not a scare. It's not scary. 
uh, and it doesn't do anything to add to like the tension of the film. And I, I like something that just kind of like slowly picks you apart until like you have no defenses left and then they hit you with the big scare. That's what Hill House does. And I see that yep. uh, Mike Flanagan is attached to this Midnight Club. Uh, so Mike Flanagan is, uh, yeah, so he is responsible for uh, the uh, Midnight Club, the Midnight Club. Um, great, by the way, mm-hmm. totally watch it. It's absolutely amazing. Um, but the first episode, so the, the plot of the Midnight Club is a bunch of terminally ill uh, teenagers um, are basically put in this house, like a hospice type house, but it's this really old, creepy house. And they have what's called the Midnight Club, which uh, for those of you guys who grew up on SNCC yeah. and uh, uh, Saturday Night Nickelodeon, uh, you're probably thinking like, that's the plot of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And mm-hmm. yes, it is. It is literally Are You Afraid of the Dark with F words. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's great and it works fine. Uh, and they even call themselves the Midnight Club, you know, and they were the Midnight, the Midnight Society. Society. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, but this is what it is. They get together very late at night and they tell ghost stories. Uh, so the first episode, there are 21 jump scares within the first, you know, one of the first stories told. Now this goes the opposite direction though, than the other ones where we called like unearned jump scares mm-hmm, or the mm-hmm. ones that you see them coming. You're like, yep, they framed the camera. Like, you know, there's, it's the over the shoulder shot. It's mm-hmm. the tense music, you know, like, you know, that the jump scare is coming and you're waiting for it to happen. The jump scares in this one happen in the exact opposite effect in the fact that they do it so much that you were like on edge of like, what is the next one? Because it's nonstop like, bah, 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 (laughs) you know? And it's great. And it actually works out. Like it kind of works out in their favor because it's almost like they they overkill it to the point where you're just like, oh my God, just do it. Like I know it's coming. <laughs> just do it. Like here it is. It's happening. Okay. And I think it works out. Now, none of them scared me. I didn't, I didn't startle at any of them. Um, but it is like, you know, it gets you in that motion of you're just like, there's the other one. Mm-hmm, there's the other mm-hmm. one. Really great. So if you have not watched Midnight Club, uh, definitely check that out. Uh, highly recommend it. Oh, that's that's going to be something for me to to watch when I eventually re up Netflix because we're on yep. uh, hiatus from that. But I mean, like Hill House, Bly Manor, Midnight Mass, all absolutely phenomenal shows. Yeah, uh, so like, good. Honestly, some of the best horror just in general that I've that I've ever seen, uh, and especially in in recent years as. As happens, things just eventually become reductive and repetitive and not fresh yeah. and new anymore. And it's it's hard. I get it. Uh, but somehow, like, Mike Flanagan and the people that uh, become attached to these projects that he works on seem to fucking do it. They pull it off. They make things yep. feel fresh and fun and scary. And so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um yeah. Speaking and then, of, oh, go, well, go so on. I got one more thing. Cause there's, there's, so the other thing we were talking about, we started talking about ready player one yeah, uh, and you use that in reference to something. <laughs> so there's a brand new show on Amazon prime called the peripheral. Oh, uh, oh yeah, and it yeah, stars yeah. Yeah. Chloe Gase Moretz, yep. uh, who, by the way, we recently found out is a huge gamer. Mm. Um, she just got a PC, a custom PC built for her, uh, by a company called power, uh, GPU. Um, and, uh, but she has been playing Destiny, which Caleb and I uh, both enjoy. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty fun. But she's been playing a lot of, uh, you know, first-person shooter games and and video games in general and just got a brand-new custom PC uh, sent to her. But she's in a brand-new series called The Peripheral, and The Peripheral is made by the same folks that did Westworld, and it's obvious. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> but it is really, really cool, but it has this Ready Player One vibe where it's the headset you wear and you get immersed into a world and it's very, you know, it's GTA, but you can kind of walk around and you feel things. Um, and she's like an elite, you know, gamer. Like, she's just like a really good gamer in this world. What I like about it, though, so far, no spoilers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, is that um, it doesn't rely on the game to drive the plot. The game is an aspect of a larger plot, yeah. and that's what I really like about it. The game, the game is a vehicle to get you to the bigger plot instead of being like, "Look, it's you know, Ready Player One is like, look, it's a game. Yeah. You're in this game world. You know, Free Guy does it in in the good way, right? Yep. Where it's like it's the other way around. You're in the game world and you're looking into the real world. This is real world looking into the game world. The game really is just like a, hey, this game is here. Wait." You now that you're in this game, you've discovered this other shit going on, and maybe there's bigger things happening. And so far, I'm on like episode four because it's it, it's coming out weekly. Really great show, really really great show. I'm very excited to see where this is going because it has elements of like that sort of Westworld like wait a minute, what the fuck? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. also it has like the elements that I wish Ready Player One did better um, of like the, hey, we're in a cool game world, but also feels a little Matrixy. It's really cool. I'm a really big fan so far. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I might have to check it out simply by virtue of the fact that uh, dude who may or may not be my cousin uh, is in it, uh, an actor named Chris Coy, who uh, had a, a brief, oh, brief yeah. appearance in The Walking Dead, and that's where I first uh, learned about him. Uh, but from from the, the Louisville, Kentucky area, uh, which I know that a lot of my kin uh, are from Kentucky. That's where my uh, my paternal grandfather uh, grew up, uh, not too far from there. Uh, and I know for a fact that I, I've got people down there that I, I know nothing about. Uh, and... He looks like he could be related to my dad's <laughs> side looks of the like family. A coin. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anytime I see him pop up in something, I'm like, ah, cousin Chris. I have no idea. We might not be related at all, but, <laughs> but it's, it's it's a possibility. It's funny. I mean, I'm. It's it's almost a given, just given the geography and the uh, the facial structure. Uh, almost. And the name. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'll have to check that. I, I have been seeing seeing that around, and it does look very interesting. So uh, I'll have to to check that out. Um, yeah. So I, I mentioned that uh, that the Mike Flanagan uh, Netflix shows uh, were some of the best horror that I've, that I've ever seen. Uh, but I've used that that phrase uh, about uh, at least one film that we have covered for the never heard of it. Uh, and if you remember, that was Josh Rubin's Scare Me. Yeah. Uh, yes. I finally God, got I love that movie. Finally got around to it. I for my birthday, I, I used some uh, some Play Store credit that I had, and uh, I bought myself uh, the copy of uh, Werewolves Within. Yeah, and based on a video game. Based on a video game. See, there's yeah. more, more gaming links. So, or a game. Which uh, based on a video game, which is based on a, like a. a more like a, party game, basically. Yeah, like a yeah, party board game or something. Yeah, which we play every now and then uh, at work mm-hmm. uh, amongst my team. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, so I, I will go so far as to say I didn't enjoy it as much as Scare Me, but I mean that's difficult because that movie was an absolute fucking masterstroke. Uh, but still, just so much fun. Wonderfully cast. 
perfectly acted uh, and kept me guessing through the the whole thing as it should have. Uh, just just a, a fun, fun little uh, kind of scary movie uh, and absolute recommend. I, I mean, I so far, I mean, Josh Rubin's two for two for me, and I know that he's got a, at least one more out recently that I, I want to check out as well. Uh, and so, like, he's he's got my vote from from here on out. I, I he's someone that like. It will instantly say, yeah, I'll check that out if I see him attached to it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we don't really know what the like commercial success of, of his films are because they, both of them went directly to shutter. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I hope they're doing really well on shutter because I want, I want him to get anything he wants to do greenlit. And like, I always, for, for, if you want a a deep cut, uh, for the time that I went, uh, over and, uh, did a guest appearance on the Superpod hero cast, uh, our friends, uh, guys with beers, uh, talking about movies with capes, uh, and, uh, out of revenge for us bringing them on to talk about spaghetti man, they made me join them for dark man, uh, which if you listened to that episode or have heard me talk about that movie at all since, uh, I don't like it. It was bad. Uh, <laughs> I don't like Sam Raimi. Uh, right. I, I had a bad time. Uh, with the movie, I had a great time with the with the guys. It was a great, great show to do. Um, but uh, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum of people who do like Dark Man, Josh Rubin is uh, way up there at the top and has been angling to to get rights to do a remake. And uh, I'll be goddamned if I hope he doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah. that is that is a petition i will sign absolutely like, and i will watch it i i fucking yes. hated the original but i will watch yep. it uh even even if he does like a full-on like homage to all things Raimi, i'll still watch it just as support for josh because i know he knows what he's doing um but yeah that that's how much i respect him uh, I mean, it's that's a good amount of respect, and uh, you know, I completely agree. For those of you listening, you know, one watch scare me, two go back and listen to our episode scare me, where we actually talked to Josh uh, about the, about the movie. He was such a delight. He was hilarious. Uh, so definitely go back and listen to that episode and watch that movie because it is literally a masterpiece. I I we cannot stress enough mm-hmm. how like that is one of like I will say like there are very few perfect films mm-hmm. for me. Like Jaws is a perfect film for okay. me. Yeah. Scare Me is up there. Yeah. Like, it is in that top five of, like, this is a perfect film. Agreed. I don't recall having any criticisms of it. Um, yeah. At least not any legitimate ones. Uh, <laughs> right. But so we did something kind of fun the other day where, uh, and this was actually mostly Ellen's idea. She's just like, I just want to watch movies tonight. And that's not something we do too often. Usually it's just like shut our brains off and watch stupid TV or I'm watching a film for this podcast. And, you know, we do every now and then try to have a movie night. That's how I, you know, stumbled across Save Yourselves way back and whatnot. Um, But she picked out, and I'm glad that she did because I had seen it and it kind of like partially registered in the back of my brain but didn't really stick there. Uh, Another throwback reference for us here, Jenny Slate uh, has a film called I Want You Back that is uh, a prime original that uh, released fairly recently. It was, it was this year. Uh, Jenny Slate and Charlie Day. And, oh, uh, that's a good combo. You know, I'm not going to say that it, it was the exact opposite of Werewolves Within, but you know, tonally very different, but still you know, quirky and fun and cute. And uh, you know, it was, this is more of a rom-com. Uh, and the the whole setup, like the both of these two characters get uh, brutally dumped by their significant others. And they're, they're broken up about it it's just tragic and they meet and they hatch a plan to help break each other's exes up with their new significant others so that they can get their people back and hilarity ensues uh (laughs) really 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 good thoughtful story um 
however you think it's going to go, it probably doesn't. Uh, and I really appreciated that because there's a lot of, I like that a lot of tropes that they could have very easily played directly into. And it would have been just like, okay, this is predictable. It's just another rom-com. There are also ways that they could have completely flipped the script and gone like way off the, 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 the usual trail. Uh, they don't quite do that. It's somewhere in between and it, it walks a fine line and does it really, really well. Uh, directed by Jason Arley, um, right, uh, written by uh, Isaac Apticker and Elizabeth Berger. But yeah, Charlie Day and Jenny Slate, absolutely wonderful on screen together. Uh, and I, I, I cannot recommend it enough. What else did Jason Orley do, the director? Let's find out I recognize that name. Uh, Director for (laughs) Pete Davidson Presents The Best Friends, which Pete Pete Davidson does make a... uh, an appearance in this, but is okay. actually kind of funny in it, which surprised me. Uh, he directed Big Time Adolescence. That's how I know That's that name. That's how you know. He's, there uh, it is. He's credited like, as writer and director for Big Time yep. Adolescence, uh, which, again, very funny movie. Uh, that, that good movie, was, yeah. That was kind of the, the first of the, the big movies to break it out for American High, right? Uh, yeah, that was that was the big movie that uh, it actually uh, ended up uh, winning Sundance the year that it went out there, and that was the you know the start of their big Hulu deal. Uh, so they so they make the Hulu originals now because of that film. And you know, it's like I I instinctively dislike Pete Davidson in almost everything. Sure, but sure. there are certain situations where like he's handed the right script and it plays just to his like goofy shitbaggery that it just fucking works and uh, this like and big time adolescence is probably the best example but his brief role in uh, i want you back is also really good like that it, it's a very similar character if you give pete davidson that character to play he will deliver yeah i mean and that's you know that's the thing with a lot of those type of characters like you you write the character and you're like I am writing Pete Davidson. Yes. And then Pete Davidson steps in the role and you're like, that is that perfect. Is exactly. Like, you're doing great. Yeah. But then you see Pete, you know, characters like him and actors like him. And then you're like, Ugh, <laughs> you're obnoxious. <laughs> but like, damn, do you play that character so well? That's <laughs> like, it is, that is your personality. Like, and it just works. It just works for you. He's the guy um, you don't great. want around until he's the guy you want around. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's great. Love, love watching movies when you just can. Uh, I need to, I, I, am probably going to watch a million more, but I'm stuck on the peripheral, man. It's, uh, it's really good. And a lot of anime this season too. Chainsaw Man. Oh, great anime this season. I, you know, if you're an anime fan, you're watching Chainsaw Man because it is wild as shit. Yeah. Um, Uh, absolutely love it. Next time we get back to together, uh, I may be able to, to, uh, talk about uh good omens finally because we're we're yeah. talking about finally getting around to starting that like 10 years later or however it's, long it's been well, they have a new season coming up don't they uh sure sure yeah i think so <laughs> i don't know internet hey it's, you tell us you know it's on uh, my mind because listening. it's literally just before i walked into the room to to come and record alan was like we have to watch this and i was like yes we do and i put a brownie in my mouth and walked <laughs> Walked away. <laughs> walked in here. So let us know, is is there a new season of Good Omens for those of you watching and those of you listening? Hey, you know, for both watching and listening, hit that subscribe button. We have brand new episodes every Thursday and Friday. Thursday, as you guys can see, we talk about, you know, whatever's going on, things that we've been watching recently.
decently yeah. and think the other person should watch or that you should uh, watch and, and partake in. And then on Sundays, we have our full review episodes of movies. This Sunday, we're doing the movie I Declare War, mm. uh, which is a Hulu original. Um, and this is the one where you get to find out if Caleb and I watched the same movie because there are multiple ones of them available. There are several available. movies called I Declare War. On Hulu. So so this is going to be the fun surprise of did we watch the same movie and how does that uh, play out? But the movie is on Hulu. So you can go to Hulu and watch one of the I Declare Wars and see if you ended up watching the same one as the one we did uh, for the episode. Yeah. Uh, so that's all you know. So hit that subscribe button. You know, YouTube, hit it on uh, your podcast player of choice so you're notified on Sunday when this brand new episode drops and of course follow us all over on the social media uh links down below in the show notes and you know what hey thanks for watching thanks for listening and make sure to share with 100,000 of your closest peripheral friends and if you don't do it for us do it for the fact that apparently nick nolte is still acting well that was a surprise (laughs) (laughs) good to know (laughs) and you wouldn't have known if it weren't for this show you're learning something new every Thursday. This is great. (laughs) So there it is, everyone. Thanks a lot for watching it. We'll see you on Sunday.